Hey, we are kicking off a brand new series today called Win at Home. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited about this series more than any. We're going to spend six weeks on this. I think, personally, this is probably one of the most important series that I'm going to do all year uh, because it's something that really touches on, on something that all of us deal with. All of us are either in a family, a part of a family, starting a family, have a family. Uh, we're all in family. We all want to do this really well. And so we're gonna, I'm going to talk about teenagers. I'm going to talk about kids. I'm going to talk about parenting, marriage, grandparenting. I want to find out real quick in here, how many of you in here have kids? Raise your hand if you have kids. If you're online, if you got kids, let us know. Okay, you got kids, put your hands down. Okay, how many of you have grandkids? Raise your hand. Let me hear the grandparents. Yeah, you're in the, you're in the we survived years and now we get to enjoy them. All right. Uh, that's, that's you. How many, do I have any great grandparents? Like great grandparents. Let's go. All right. Awesome. 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 So if that's, if you're in any of those categories, this series is definitely going to be for you. Certain messages will apply to groups of people maybe differently, but, uh, I am really excited about doing this and I want to give you, I want to give you to set up this whole series. I got six weeks. So I've got so much stuff that I wanna cover in these six weeks, but today I felt like it was important for me to explain why this is so important, why we're even doing a series based on this. I haven't done a family series since 2020. Um, that's how long it's been. We've done marriage series and relationship series, but I haven't done a family one specifically in three years. So it's, it's definitely time. But if you got some notes, I want you to pull this out real quick and I want you to follow along with me. And I've got a lot of stuff that I wanna share. I'm telling you, this will definitely be a series you're gonna wanna take notes in. Uh, you're gonna wanna highlight a bunch of things. I'm gonna share resources. I'm gonna share a lot of things uh, over the course of the next six weeks. If you, if, you, if you want one of these binders that people have, they're, for, they're free. I think we got them in guest services if we have any left. If not, we'll, we'll get you some soon. But I'm gonna give you three reasons why we're doing this series. And if you wanna jot this first one down, and that is that God wants you to win at home. How many believe God wants you to win at home? Like God, listen, God designed family. He's created family. He's the originator of family. He wants you to win in family and in your home. He wants your home to be a place that you want to be at. He wants your home to be a place that's filled with joy and peace and hope and love. God's desire for this. God started this, by the way. If you're, if you're uh, upset about family, blame God. He started this. He created this. He's the originator of this. He's the builder of this. I'll, I'll show you scripture. In Genesis chapter one, it says this. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And then look at this, it said what? God what? What did he do? He blessed them, God blessed them. And then he said, what does he tell them? Come on, 9.30, let's do this. Be what? We get this one down really well at OSC. Okay, that's why we got 250 kids and kids right now. Um, we know how to do, we know how to be fruitful. So the, the, the object of this that I want us to get to though is that it says that God blessed them and all of us in here want God's blessing on our homes. Yes? So here's the question. This is the question we've gotta ask. So what does God bless? What does he bless? Let's, let's make sure that we're building our home, building our family in a way that attracts the blessings of God on our, on our homes. And the reason why the purpose of family, really at the, at the end of the day, if you were to strip everything down to the core, the, the purpose of your family and my family is that we would glorify God and that, that we would transfer this love for God to our children. 
and to our children's children. And it would go on from the next thing to the next thing. The Christian family was instituted by God and it was created by God to be the hope for the world. Now I'm gonna make a statement here and you may agree, you may not agree with it, but I think, I think you'll come to understand the impact of this and that is that the foundation of our society starts at home. Let me say that again. The foundation of our society and culture starts at home. What this means is what happens at home affects everything. Hey, how many of y'all agree that when home's not good, work can be hard? Right? Like, when it, everything could be going great at work, but if home's not good, you bring that stress with you everywhere that you go. Everywhere that you're at. If, if your marriage isn't good, if your children aren't, I mean, no, every parent in here is only as doing good as their least happy child. You could have four children, three children are doing good, and one's not doing good, and that one is the one that is on your heart the most because you wanna see that one um, loving God and, 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 and thriving in life. And so it's, God designs this. So God wants you to win at home, and we've got a whole entire blueprint on how to do that. And we'll, that's what we're gonna unpack over the next six weeks is how do, we, how do we win in these areas? Now, here's the second thing though. If God wants you to win at home, you need to understand that the enemy wants you to lose at home. <laughs> Anything that God blesses, how many know the enemy wants to tear apart? The Bible says God blesses marriage, guess what the enemy goes after? Marriages. God blesses homes, the enemy goes after homes. Anywhere there's unity, the, the enemy's goal is to do what this scripture says right here. Watch, what Mark, Mark says it this way. If a house, what's that word, y'all? Is what? Is divided. If your house, if my house, if anyone's house is divided against itself, that house is not gonna be able to stand. And so we've got a, we've got a real God who really loves you, who really wants you to win at home. And at the, on the same opposite hand, you've got a real enemy that really hates God and really hates anything that he blesses and wants to make sure that you lose at home. Now here's the sad part, and we could go statistically if we want to, but I'm just gonna save us time. The enemy is winning in some regards in the area of home. He has brought so much loss and devastation to homes. Let me prove it to you. How many of you in here come from a divorced home? Raise your hand, raise your hand, okay, good bit of you. It's good, probably over half of us in here have come from that. I would be raising my hand as well. Now, can God use that? Absolutely, can God restore it? Absolutely, we'll talk a lot about that. But how many know it's still an L? Still a loss. Still it wasn't, it wasn't the intention, it wasn't the design. And, and so our culture has become aggressively secularized. Now, when I say the word secular, many people think, well, are you talking about like agnostic or atheist? No, no, no. Let me, let me strip down what secular actually means. Secular is anywhere where God has been removed. And we live in a culture nowadays, how many know in every society, in every factor, God has been removed. We try to remove God out of the government. We try to remove God out of education. We got to try to get, remove God out of, you know, you, you name it. Wherever God is removed, that society starts doing this. And, and, and we used to live in a day and age where if, if anybody wanted to attack your home, there was only two ways that they could get in. They could either get in through the door, bust the door down, or they could get in through a window, crawl a window, right? That was the only two ways they can get in your home. Today, we live in a day and age where the enemy can get in your home through another device. 
Is this not true? Every tablet, every device, every computer, television, the enemy is now has full access into your home and doesn't even have to knock on the door anymore. And many of you in this room know what it's like to have to parent children with one of these. Because now you're fighting a different war now. You're fighting a different battle now. A battle that we didn't fight early on in, the, in our years. If you got bullied, it happened maybe at school. Now you get bullied, you don't even have to be at school anymore. How I many know the enemy can come right into your children's bedroom and be messing with your kids' minds and you don't even know it? So we're living in a totally different day and age. We're living in a different season where the enemy is coming after us in different ways. But I, I don't want to, I'm not doom and gloom, y'all. I'm not, I'm not saying this to, to like, oh man, this is terrible. I'm saying this to warn you and I'm also saying this to prepare you and I'm saying this to hopefully us go, hey, listen, if he's coming, I'm just gonna make sure I'm prepared. That when he comes, hey, it's not if he's coming, when he comes, I'm ready. I'm ready when he comes for our family. And what we need to make sure of, and here's kind of the premise of this whole series is, I wanna make sure that the spiritual culture of your home is stronger than the secular culture of this world. Because it's coming for you. It's coming for your marriage, it's coming for your kids, it's coming for your grandkids, and that secular pull is pulling as hard as it can to get your kids off of their purposes of God. Lindsay, literally yesterday showed me this, this uh, commercial. Um, we were laying in bed. She's like, you gotta watch this. And so I'm, I'm looking at it. She's showing me, it was a Dove commercial. And um, like the soap, not the, not the chocolate. Okay, just wanna make sure we're understanding. Because like, as I share this, you'd be like, that has nothing to do with chocolate. It's the soap, okay? So Dove commercial did this. I, I don't even know. I didn't even look at when this commercial was produced. I don't know if it was recent or if it was you know, years ago. But it was a commercial of this little girl. It, it, the, the commercial starts with this little girl. She's, you know, an infant, and then it goes into, like, her adolescent, really childhood years. And she's, like, dancing, and she's smiling, and she's talking about how beautiful she is, and, you know, all this princess stuff, and just talking about just how much she loves life and all this stuff. And then you see this moment within there. She's probably, like, between the ages of, like, 11, 13 or whatever, and she gets a phone and literally, you can watch the commercial because from that moment on, you start seeing her like looking at herself in the mirror differently. Then you start seeing her in, around the toilet and you realize real quickly, this, this girl is now suffering with body image issues. And, and so it starts going into this progression of all of the stuff that she starts walking through of hating herself, hating how she looks. It, it, and, and the end of the commercial is her in a treatment center for body issues, and then the commercial keeps going and it starts interviewing all these other girls and boys that have depression, suicidal thoughts. I mean, you, you go through the list, but it was like you saw the moment. You could just, even just in the commercial, you saw the moment that once the phone entered the life, once the phone entered, that there was a new introduction of lies that came into that. How many of y'all know our kids are fighting that right now? And by, by the way, the kids aren't either, you are too. We're all fighting this. Because listen, you can, watch, you can watch social media or news right now and get inundated with so much fear and depression and discouragement and isolation. Hey, COVID, hello somebody. We were all stuck in our homes. Our society didn't get better. I mean, no, we got worse, right? So, so we've got a real enemy that is, that is after 
our homes in such a, a, such a huge, huge way. And so I, I've got to make sure that as, as a church, we're, I'm preparing you for this. Because listen, I don't want YouTube and TikTok to have greater influence over my kids' hearts than me. Anybody with me? Okay. Now, some of y'all, you'd be like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Catch up with the times, okay? All right, catch, catch up here. Like, it's really going on. Hey, you're like, I don't see it. Just because you're not aware of it doesn't mean it's not happening. All right, so I'm, I'm here to help you. And I don't know, we may do a whole message on this because I think it's such a huge deal in our, in our, in our time and, and, and age. So the enemy is really, really after us in this. Okay, here's number three while we're doing this series. Ready? We all need help. Come on, look at somebody next to you go, you need some help. Come on, you've been wanting to tell them that the whole time this Sunday, and you're just telling them now, we all need some help. You need help. And they're they too proud to say it, but you're gonna say it for them. You need some help, bro. You need some help. We all need some help, all right? Okay, so here's how I know we all need help. First off, if you're parenting at all, you need help, okay? I just know that, right out the gate. I also know it because it is the number one prayer request we get here at the church. The number one, the top. If, there were, if we had to rank the top prayer requests we get for people to ask for prayer, it's always pray for my kids, pray for my husband, pray for my spouse, pray for my marriage, pray for my grandparents, pray for, it's always built around the family. Some, something is happening with the people or the home. Pray for us in some way, that's the number one. And. We did the Easter survey a couple weeks ago and, and I had everybody fill out the survey forms and on the back was, hey, what is the top things that you would like me to preach on? The number one was family. The number one, like blew out every other one. Now I'm gonna do a whole series in uh, September, October um, that I'm gonna come in and I'm gonna talk about the top five that y'all selected. Um, so thank y'all for filling that out. And I actually had this series planned before I even got that Easter survey. So the Easter survey was just confirmation that I'm preaching on something that everybody in majority, I don't wanna say everybody, but the majority of us in the room and those online are saying, Pastor Josh, I need help. And it's okay, by the way, to ask for, for help because it is a challenge. How many of you remember, uh, for parents in here, I remember the day you brought home your firstborn? Like your first one. Y'all remember that day? Y'all remember it? Like my firstborn is graduating in a couple of weeks. Pray for your brother, okay? Pray for me. It's a big deal for our home right now. Uh, and I'm so proud of him, he's incredible. But I can remember the, t the day that Josiah Jean Belt was born. We were at Lafayette General. I remember the day, I remember like uh, when, when it was like the moment when like you gotta go home. Like you can't stay here? It was nice being there, man. It was really nice. Got all these nurses catering to you. They bring you food. It's awesome. Uh, it's just not reality. And so they're like, y'all gotta go home. I'm like, seriously? Oh man, okay. So I had to go get the car and they wheeled Lindsay down, you know, you know she's holding Josiah and wheeling her down and then I got the car and then, you know, just that moment, they get her to the car door and they put her in the car and then, you know, we put Josiah, you know, got the car seat, everything's ready. It's like first time parent, you've had that car seat you know, since you got married, and so you were just ready for it, and so you finally get to use it, and you buckle them in, you, you know, I mean, inside it was like tiny, it was like seven something, so it looks like a little squirrel, and uh, so they're, you know, they're not cute, they're just not, y'all say they are because they're yours, they're yours, they're not, right, David, they're not cute for a while, like, once they hit three, okay, then they start becoming cute, for a while, it's just, it's, it's, it's a baby, and so, 
I can just remember the moment though. I don't know, y'all remember this? First time parents, you, you remember this? Like I remember like the nurse shutting the door and smiling. You're not, you're, not, you're not coming with us? And like, it's just like one of those looks. It's like the look that I have now that I've been parenting for a long time for the first time parents and they're like, we got this. And you're like, no, you don't. You're gonna need us later. And like, I just remember driving off going, this is mine. And we had to drive from Lafayette to Jennings all the way back and I'm just like, you know, you're checking backward, back there. Lindsay's in the back, you know, by the baby the whole time. And, you know, you just got that moment. And then, and then you get home, and then you just like, what do we do? And you just stare at it. Take a bunch of pictures, you just stare. Take a bunch of pictures. It's cute, isn't it? And it's not, but it's cute to you. And y'all remember that? And then, and, then like, and then like the reality hits when it's like, this is my child, and I've got to parent it. And there's no manual. It's not like he came out and then here came an instruction manual that God was like, here's some blueprints for him as well. Nothing, there was none of that. And, and, and so you just, you, you just kind of fumble your way through it. And, and then, you, you know, then you, you get, you get kind of on your feet and you feel like, okay, yeah, we're good, we got this. And, you know, you get through the teething stage, you get through the feeding stage, you get through the sleeping stage, and, like, everybody's finally getting some sleep, and it's all good. And then all of a sudden, you have another one. And then it starts all over again. And you're like, what do we do? And you've tried to figure that out. You try to, you know, you get there. And then I, how many of you have three or more, three or more children, raise your hand, to God be with you, all right? Because then you're like, you're like in zone. You're not in man-to-man anymore. It's like, you deal with those two and I got this one. And it's like, I mean, no, it just, hey, let's just be honest. For everybody that's in here that has at least three kids or more, I mean, no, it's very different from one child to three children. Okay, and then if you got more, they're just accessories. Okay, so if it's just, just, you can just add as many as you want after that. It's no big deal. It's just like, I got this. That's why we stopped at three. We're done with three. We're, we're there. So it's, but it's true, isn't it? Like, you know, when you had your firstborn, like, can you, I don't know if you remember, like, the first time you finally went on a date, six years into it, finally, you finally went on your first date, and you were, like, calling back. You were calling that babysitter or that family member, you know, every five. And you're, the whole date is about you talking about the baby. You're like, why did we even go on a date? All we're doing is talking about the baby. Then you have your second child, and you go on a date. And then finally, you're kind of, like, settling in a little bit. Like, here's my number. You know, if something happens, you know, please just call me. By the time you get to your third children, you're like, listen, you only call me if they're bleeding. That's the only... <laughs> Is that not true? Like, don't even, actually, don't even call me. Just bring them to the ER. I'll find out when I get home. Like, I'll, is this not true? It's like totally different parenting styles when you get from the first to the third. Like, when the first one drops their pacifier, you're like, oh, no, burn it. I'm going to pull out a whole new one. The second child, you know, you're running under the water for like five minutes, hot water. The third child, you're like, dirt don't hurt. Is that not true, though? It's totally true. Y'all know, like, this is totally true. This is exactly, you know, first one swallows their first penny. Emergency room, demanding x-rays. I need x-rays now. The second child does it. You're like, okay, I'm just gonna wait for this thing to pass. Give a little, you know, some medicine. The third one does it. Just deduct it from their allowance. That's just how you know. That's all good. It's all fine. But it's, isn't it totally true? Like you parent so differently once you start adding more. Why? Because watch this. Because for every new season, there's new skills. 
And, and some of you maybe are, maybe you don't have kids yet and, and, and you're just married and that's a set of skills you gotta get and some of you, you had your first child and that's a skill set and then maybe some of you are pregnant and that's a skill set. And every time you think you've got it, you transition to a different season. And we'll get into that in just a little bit. I'll, I'll share a little bit of my message because um, when you go from young ones to, to, to elementary to high school, there's like different, you gotta change your parenting style. You can't parent them the way that you did when they were one when they're 17. Um, you can't parent at 17 when they're out of the house. Like every single one of those are different, different seasons and then they require us to have um, a different set of skill sets. Now, this is what God's word says. Yet again, I wanna continually come back to God's word because we don't need opinions. We need God's word. It says this, look what it says in Proverbs 24, three. It takes, what's this word? Wisdom. Come on, let's say it again. It takes what? Wisdom. It takes wisdom. It takes wisdom to have a good family. And it really does. It takes some incredible amount of wisdom. And it also takes understanding, though, to make it strong. And so the reason why I, I put this verse here is because I want all of us, over the course of this series, to realize, like, you and I need wisdom. Like, everybody's got an opinion, right? We live a day and age where everybody's got an opinion. And listen, you just have a baby, and then you just go around to your mother and your mother-in-law, they all got an opinion. Everybody's got an opinion. Your friends got an opinion. YouTube's got an opinion. Facebook's got an opinion. Everybody's got an opinion. Watch this though. You cannot build your family on people's opinions. You've got to build your family based off of what God tells you, specifically for you. Even every family in here is gonna look uniquely different. How you do discipline is gonna look different. That's why I always am very careful to just say, this is how it's gotta be done, because your family may be very different. Hey, how many know you've gotta parent each child differently? For one, one, you just gotta look at them and be like, oh, I'm so sorry. The other one, you gotta beat the, you know what I'm talking about. And they're like, that's it? That's it? I'll, tell, I'll show you that's it. <laughs> how many of y'all got one of those? Y'all got one of those, yeah. I got one that's like coming to me confessing, I got one of me that's hiding, snatching, like, Every child is uniquely different, uniquely different. So even the way that we parent has to be uniquely different for every single one of them. For some of our children, they'll think it's unfair, but the truth is, it's wise. It's wise, because here's the deal. If you parent every one of them exactly the same and their uniquely personalities are different, you could hurt one more than another. We'll get a lot more into that later. But you need wisdom, and what is wisdom? Wisdom is truth that is applied to your life. When you look at someone and go, man, that is a wise man. That is a wise woman. You know what you're saying? That's someone who doesn't un only understand truth, but that's someone who takes that truth and they apply it to their life. Because listen, there's a lot of foolish people who know a lot of truth, they just don't do anything with it. To know truth but not to apply it it's foolish. There's a whole book in the Bible called Proverbs that's all about this, actually where we get this verse from. And so we wanna take understanding and we wanna take wisdom and we wanna apply it to our families. And the Bible says that when you take my wisdom and you take my understanding and you apply it to your home, you'll, you'll have a good family and it'll make it strong. Um, so I wanna, I wanna share today three truths that's gonna to help us win at home. 
Now, yet again, I know that I'm talking to such a diverse group. Some of y'all have, you know, your children are already out of the house and you're empty nesters. Some of y'all are just, you're just starting the nest. Some of y'all wish you had a nest. Um, but, but I'm going to try every week to, to, to write these messages in such a way that, I, that everybody in here can get something from it. But today I want to start with just these, true, two, these three truths and just kind of let them be the foundation for where we're going to go for the next six weeks. And the first one is this, that we are stewards, not owners. We're stewards, not owners. Let, let me read what scripture says. Watch this. It says this in uh, Psalms 127. Children are a gift from the Lord, okay? And they are reward from him. That, that the children that God's given you are reward for you. Like some of y'all is like, surprise reward, <laughs> but it's a reward. You got your reward, all right? And children born to a young man or to a woman are like arrows that are in a warrior's hands. So, so watch this. Your children, however much God has given them to you as a gift to you, they are not yours. They are the Lord's. They are God's children. These came as gifts from him to you for you to steward. Watch, watch this. So eventually they will leave. The whole object of parenting is that they leave. Some of y'all need to look at y'all's kids and go, so they will leave. I say come back. This ain't a boomerang, it's an arrow. Come on, how many of y'all got some boomerang kids? They ain't arrow kids. Be like, I need to fashion you into an arrow, not a boomerang. All right? Now, I'm not there yet. I, I, I get it. I you know, probably would open up my home to my kids coming back too. But, and there's seasons for that and everything. But ultimately, at the end of the day, parenting has always been about pull back and release. Now, here's the deal. Our goal has always been to make sure, though, that we're targeting the right thing. Watch this. Because the goal of parenting is that they would hit the mark. They would hit the goal. So here's the question, ready? Here's the question. So what's the win? What's the goal? What's the end game? It's easy to have kids. It's easy to make kids. It's a whole nother thing to parent kids and to shoot them in the right goal. Now, if we're not careful, we live in a culture where we measure our success of parenting with the wrong measuring stick. So for some, the measuring stick is, I just, want to have, I just want to have really good kids. I want them to obey. I want them to get a, a, a great education, a scholarship, and go to a great college. Or I want them to have a great job. Or I, just, I want them to be really, really good, you know, citizens. And, and however much those things are great, and they are necessary, and I pray that for all of my sons, it's not the main goal. The main goal, my main goal is not that my kids are just obedient kids or that they are just good citizens. That's selling them short. That's selling them short. Our main goal should be grander and greater than that, because watch this. What does it matter if your kids know a lot, but they don't know what is the main thing? If they don't know the most important thing? It doesn't matter what our kids know if they don't know what really matters. So what is it, Pastor Josh, that really matters? What, what, what should my win be? What should my goal be? 
I'm glad you asked, because Bible tells us what the goal of parenting should be. It tells us in Psalms, it tells us actually in many different places, but in Psalm 78 it says this, and this should be whether you're a grandparent or a parent or an aunt or an uncle, this is what our prayer is for all of our children and for our home. We will not hide these truths from our children, and we're gonna tell the next generation this is the importance of family. This is why there is family. This is why there's reproduction, that we, we raise up another generation, and we're going to make sure that we tell them. Look at what we're going to tell them, though. We're going to tell them not just how to make good grades. We're not going to just tell them how just to be moral. We're not going to just tell them just how to get a good college. No, no, no. We're going to make sure that when we talk to them, we do tell them about the glorious deeds of the Lord, and we're going to talk about his power, and we're going to talk about his, wonders, his, his mighty wonders. Look at the next verse, and it says... So that the next generation might, might what? Might know them. Yet again, here's the word that Pastor Dustin just actually referred to. That, that, that not that they would just know them in head, but that they would know them in heart. That they would experience these. Listen, I don't want my kids just to know about God. I want my kids to know God. I want my kids to encounter God. I want them to have a relationship with God. I want them to know it. Not just here, intellectually. But I, know, I want them to know it revelationally. I want them to know it experientially. Yet again, we'll get into this in a little bit about, well, what if I've created an environment where that is and they still don't? We'll get into that. But it says that I, I want them, even the children that are not born, and then they will, here we go, this is the goal of parenting, that they, I will teach my children and then they will in turn teach their children. How many of y'all, grandparents, raise your hand again so I know who my grandparents are, okay. How many of you watch your kids and then if, if you're old enough and you've got, if you've got they, they've got their own kids, how many of you have watched them do something that you did and it made, it was like a proud moment? Like you were like, I taught them that. And they ain't gonna give me any credit for it, but I taught them that, right? Like, like that's like a, it's like a proud moment, all right? And so, so this, is, this is what God's calling us to do, not only morally, not only intellectually, but also spiritually. The next verse, and he says this, and in turn they will teach them. So each generation Watch this, this is the, and here's, here's the target. What's the win? My win is that, that they would set their hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles, and that they would obey his commands. At the end of the day, listen, I want my kids to have great education, I want them to get a great job, I want them to pursue their passions, I want all those things. But not at the sake of them not knowing God and them obeying what God tells them to do. If there's anything, I think all of us in here, how many of y'all want God's voice to be the loudest voice in your kids' lives? I, don't, I know I do. I want them to hear his voice more than they even hear my voice. I want them to obey what he says. And my whole role in parenting is God puts me in their life, in a sense, as a pseudo-God. Now, I'm not their God, but their relationship with me is, is similar to how their relationship with God will be. Because I'm having to teach them. I'm having to train them. I'm having to talk to them. I'm having to tell them no to things that they don't understand. And they're coming to me going, why, why? Just cause. I, mom, dad, no. Why, why, why? Just trust me. How many know that's our relationship with God? Does God say no? Yes. Does he always tell you why? No. Sometimes he just says, just trust me. And so in, in our relationships with our children, we're, we're, we're modeling to them what it is to, to hear from, from someone of authority, to trust them, to obey them, and, and, it, and it's, not, it's not easy. 
And the best way that we can do this as parents, and I'm gonna speak to everyone that's parents or grandparents in here, the greatest way that you can teach these to your children is to model them. It means you've gotta live it out. You can't tell your kids you need to love Jesus, but you don't love Jesus throughout the week. You can't tell your kids that prayer is such a big deal and you never pray for your children. You can't sit here and say all this because here's what, what mostly happens in our lives is typically children don't become what we want them to be. Children become what we modeled them to be. All right, so this is, this is a huge deal for us because yet again, we're not owners, we're stewards. These children are only with us for a certain time period and they're gonna go back to God. They're gonna go back to him. They're gonna, they're gonna become adults themselves. They're gonna live their own lives and our job is to do that. And, and let, me, let me say something that may free up some of you because there's a lot of parents and I've seen, I, I had the joy of being the youth pastor here at the church for almost eight years. I've worked in children's ministry. My wife is our children's pastor here at the church. So we're involved with a lot of parents and I see a lot of things that are great and I see a lot of things that are not so great. And, and, and here's what encourages me as a parent. God loves my boys more than me. And the same for your children. How many of y'all believe God loves your children more than you love your children? How many of y'all believe God wants more for your children than you want for your children? Y'all, y'all with me? But sometimes we forget that. Like, God loves my kid more than I do. God is pursuing my kid even more than I am. God is the ultimate wisdom for my child. I'm gonna just keep pointing, pointing them to him, pointing them to him, pointing them to him, pointing them to him. And so let me give you a great daily prayer. Okay, parents, practical. Great, great daily prayer. There's a daily prayer I pray very, very often. God, today, I give Josiah, Judah, and Joel into your hands. Done. <laughs> and how many know sometimes certain seasons you wanna give that certain child more into God's hands? God, I'm actually sending them on to you right now. Like, they're, gonna, they're just gonna be with you, all right? I'm gonna make sure they're saved and they're coming to you. Just prepare a place, all right? Like, you, you need to, there, there needs to be this daily dependence on the Lord. Because watch this, if they're God's kids, how many know Then we need God's wisdom? So we go, God, today I give, I give, and then you just name your child, your grandchild. God, I give them to you. They're in your hands. Because here's what happens. When our kids are so much in our hands, God can't put his hands on them. So we need to make sure that we're putting our kids and our grandkids into God's hands. You say, well, Pastor Josh, how does that look? Well, keep coming back and I'll tell you how, all right? All right, number two, we need to be intentional, not accidental. Proverbs 22, verse six says this, train up. Everybody say those two words. Come on, let's say it like we mean it. Train up. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, I know immediately when I read that verse, some of you that are in here that maybe have wayward children and be like, I have trained mine up and they're not here. Okay, this isn't a promise. This isn't a guarantee. This isn't a guarantee. These, these proverbs are not guarantees. There are things that happen with this. And we'll talk a lot more about that uh, in the coming weeks because uh, you can train up your children all in the same environment and they all go different ways. I'm just telling you, they, they can all do this. this. This is so easy here to do. But train up, it literally means to initiate, to dedicate, to be intentional with. And so if we wanna win in our homes, we wanna have a, a, a winning home, it's not gonna be accidental, it's gonna be very intentional. Very, very, very intentional to make sure that you have a home 
that everybody wants to be in. Uh, you gotta fight for that. It, it takes some intentionality. So I wanna do this today. I will get, uh, I'll get way more practical in the, in the coming weeks, but I wanna give you kind of the four seasons of parenting. Ready? So if you've got children in each one of these, you can kind of think through like how your mindset needs to be in each of these seasons. So here's the first season. Uh, this is called the dependence years. Those that have children between the ages of zero and five. If you do, raise your hand. If you got children between the ages of zero and five, raise your hand. We're praying for you right now, okay? We're praying for you. Lack of sleep, a lot of things that are there. It's called a dependency years. Here's why it's called dependency years, because they can't live without you. You wipe them, you feed them, you bathe them, you clean them, you do everything for them. Everything is dependent upon you. Everything. It's, and you're, you're trying to, to grow them up, you're trying to teach them to feed themselves, but everything is dependent on you. That's why you're so tired. Because their sleep schedule's around you and everything's around you, everything's built around you, and they, they're, they're just, they're, they're consuming, it's a lot, of, a lot of time that it takes. And in this season, you're teaching your children how to obey and to trust. You're teaching your children what it is to, when I say no, that means no. Don't touch that. Don't touch that. Don't touch that. I told you, don't touch that. Why? Because you're trying to teach them, mom and dad know more than you. And you need to trust us. Trust us. I'm gonna eat all this candy, all this candy. No, you're not. Why not? Because I'm gonna clean up, throw up at nine o'clock tonight and I'm not doing that. But they don't know that. So there's a lot of no's and there's a lot of do this and that. Okay, there's a lot of that's happening. It's the very dependency, which actually leads into the second season, which is actually the discipline years. And the discipline years, how many of y'all have a six to 12 year old child? If you, okay, grandkids are six to 12. Okay, you got this. This is discipline years. This is a lot of no, no, don't do that. Stop that, quit that. No, no, this, we're doing that. Stop doing that. We're going there. Why, why, why? Just because I said so. Why, why, why? Because we're just going there. What? Questions, questions, questions all the time. It's a lot of discipline. Watch this, discipline is not just correction, discipline is direction. And, and the problem we have with discipline is oftentimes we think it's just corrective for behavior modification, but it's direction. No, 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 we don't do that. Hey, no, 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 we don't say that. Okay, I know you think that. We don't, sometimes we don't say everything that comes out of our mouth. Okay, we're just teaching them. There's a, and there's that season, there's a lot of, a lot of learning the whys behind the what. A lot of this, a lot of this. And of course, training them and equipping them in, 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 in spirituality as well, teaching them those things. Okay, then we come into some really fun years here. All right, this is the coaching years. All right, how many got 12 to 18 in the, in the room? 12 to 18, okay, all right. We are praying for you as well, all right. We, you pray for me, I'll pray for you. All of my children are in this one right here. Uh, all my boys. This is when they're learning relationship, the difference between uh, action and results. Meaning that when you make this decision, these are the consequences that come with that decision. And I'm gonna help every parent in here, do not relinquish or save your kids from the consequences of the decisions that they have made. If you, I'm not saying you can't ever, but if you have a consistent habit of not letting your kids face the consequences for their decisions, what happens when they become adults? And they get fired from a job and mama and daddy can't save them from that. Or, or God forbid they do something else and they get put in jail or, I, I, I can, I, there's so many parents I've seen that they have saved their kids from the consequences, from the decisions their kids have made and then they wonder why their kids are so reliant on them so much. It's because we haven't trained them 
on how to make decisions. This, this, this period of time, we're trying, we're trying to teach them wisdom, how to handle money, how to handle relationships. In this season, I was teaching my kids how to, how to deal with a bully, how to, how to get up for breakfast in the morning, how to get out of the house for school. I literally had a situation where like our boys, we make our boys make their own lunch for school. Like, they make their own. Um, Lindsay and I have got a lot that going on. We, don't, we just can't do that. I said, hey, you're becoming men. You're gonna make your own lunch for school. So we had one time, one of my sons, I'm not gonna say who it is, just happens to be my middle one. And um, <laughs> where's my lunch? I mean, where's your lunch? Yeah, where's your lunch? What are you talking about? You're supposed to make your lunch. We gotta go. Yeah, you need to leave. You need to leave. I know, but I don't have a lunch. You will tomorrow. (laughs) Now some of y'all be like, that's child abuse. He made a lunch tomorrow. You go one meal without eating. Listen, that and then he got some from his friends. So he's, he's figured out, he figured out a way. But like, like, and, and my sons are here, they, they'll, they'll tell you, I'm, if, if you've made a stupid decision, you're gonna face some of those consequences for that decision. Um, I'm not saving you from it. You got detention, you're staying. I'm not picking you up. You forgot, I had one that forgot some of his equipment for school. I need my equipment, I need my equipment. My coach is gonna be so mad. Yeah, you. And you'll learn. So you and your coach can deal with that. I'm not, I'm not changing my life because you made bad decision. Now, don't get me wrong. There are times where there's grace. And there are times where we've, we've come in and we've saved the day. But my, my sons will know it's, it's, it's gonna be a part of this. This is the result and actions because there's gonna come a day you're not in my house and if you didn't set your alarm for work, that's on you. That's not on me. And so we've gotta teach our kids in, the, in, this, day, in this age. Some of y'all right now, your 12-year-old's in there and they're like, no, mom, please, no, not right now. <laughs> Start it young, okay, just but go slow, go slow. Because eventually you get to this stage, the, the 18 years, which is that you want friendship. You want it to be a friendship season. You're, 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 hopefully your desire is to raise up children who wanna be with you. And they wanna be with each other when they grow up. I tell my boys this constantly, especially when they're fighting all the time. This is your only brother. Like every other family member, I mean every other friend will probably leave you. I don't have any, many friends from high school but these will be your only siblings. This is your only parent. This is your only, this is it. Like you don't get another one. Like let's make this right. Let's make this good. I mean, no, we need to fight for relationships more than anything else. I'm not fighting for rules. I'm fighting for a relationship. I want relationship. Cause I, I want when my kids leave that, that they want to come home. I, I want them to be a part of that. And, and, and listen, as a church, we understand each of these seasons. That's why we actually have ministries for each one of these seasons. So OSC Kids is for those first two seasons, uh, which is here to help support you and encourage you in that. Um, my wife gets to lead that one. Pastor Dustin leads our OSC Youth, which is that whole coaching season. Um, and if you're in a place, man, I just need some coaching on how to develop my teenager. Pastor Dustin and Ashley, they're great resources. They're here, all of our tribe leaders, they're here to encourage you, to help you, to be a part of this with you. We've got a young adults ministry that's a part of that as well as when they get out. Like, it's not our job to parent your children, but how many know we can support you? And that's what we're here for, that's what we're here for. All right, and uh, let's talk about the four T's of parenting, and then we're gonna bring this to a close. Everybody getting something so far? We good, everybody good? Okay, we're gonna dive a lot more into this in the coming weeks, but let's go to the four T's of parenting, the four things you've gotta have as a parent. You have to, you gotta do these four. 
Uh, you got to have them. Number one, time. Time. Your kids need time. Now, uh, maybe when they're younger, they, they take up a lot of it. When they get older, you know, they may not have as much, but they still need it. Uh, quality time and quantity time, both of that. Just, just need some time. I can't tell you the countless times my wife's looked at me and said, that son needs you right now. What she means is, you need to go spend some time with him. You need, you need, to, go, you need to go spend some intentional time there. The second thing is touch. Touch. Appropriate touch. But our kids need hugs. They need hugs. They need you to grab their face and say, I'm proud of you. They, 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 if they don't get the appropriate touch, they go looking for it for other places. And you say, well, my kid's not a touchy person. Maybe not, but every, every kid needs that. They need, they need a hug. They need a, they need a, a fist bump. They need a, like, look, I'm here. I'm here for you. And um, listen, I got three teenage boys. They're now moving to the place where they don't want that as much. But how I many know mama's still like, you still gonna hug me, boy. You still gonna kiss me. Listen, okay. All right, uh, number three, talk. Talk. Hey, watch this. As long as you're talking, you're still winning. Just don't stop talking. Just keep talking. Just keep talking. About what? Just keep it. Just keep. And, and, and that can be a challenge. It, maybe not as much yet again when they're younger. They can't stop talking. I mean, no, isn't this crazy? They're younger, they can't stop talking. They get older, they don't want to talk. And, um, and so it's just our, our, our role as parents to just continue to keep that conversation going as much as we possibly can and keep fighting for that heart, keep fighting for that heart. And uh, I think one of the resources I'm gonna try to give y'all is, is just great. Uh, let me give you a really easy one. Sitting at dinner table, which by the way, we need to be more at our dinner table than we ever are. More people are eating in their devices. Um, you need to schedule at least, at least minimum, at least one to two times a week you're sitting at a table with your family, with your kids. Somehow you gotta fight for it. And then in our family, we do highs and lows. Uh, or another way we put it is happy and crappy, okay? Um, <laughs> so that's like, that's like the non-Jesus version. It's like the highs and lows of Jesus version. And then some days when we had it really bad, it's like, okay, what was happy and crappy? Um, meaning what was the happiest part of your day? What was the crappiest part of your day? What was the greatest part? What was the worst part? That's just, you can just start there. And listen, some days it may just be like, school in school. <laughs> okay. We just go there. That's fine. All right. We, got, we started somewhere. But a good thing. And then last one is traditions. Um, it's good as a family to, to create traditions. Uh, and, and a lot of these traditions can sometimes be built around holidays. I know, uh, like, if you don't know, one of our traditions is we don't give our boys Christmas presents. Um, we, we go on a trip together. That's just something we started about six, seven years ago. So they get a, they get a Christmas experience and we go make memories more than we make gifts. Um, but that's just something that our family does. Um, it's not saying it has to be what you do. You can figure out your own. Maybe there's traditions around different holidays or traditions around birthdays or tradition. But you wanna do something that makes it fun, that's unique for your family, that your family wants to be back to be with you for those traditions. And you create these or whatever that may, that may look like. Okay, um, I love this quote. Um, and I hate this quote, but it's a true quote. The days are long, but the years are short. The days are long, but the years are short. So for those that are in the grind of parenting right now, there are some parents in here that wish they were back to where you were because they'd probably do some things differently because now they're beyond it and they realized, how many of y'all, you, you take this baby home from the hospital and then it's like you blink your eyes and they're 10. 
and then you blink their eyes and they're graduating high school. And then you blink their eyes and they've got their own family. And it just goes by so quickly. So for those who are in the grind of parenting right now, it's just exhausting. Maybe get toddlers and all that. Soak it up, soak it up, soak it up, soak it up. Um, and just enjoy it and make the most of it and realize you're a parent on mission. And don't be discouraged. All right, number three, last one, last truth. And that is persistence, not perfection. Persistence, not perfection. Um, so... I know that there are a number of families that are in here, and maybe those that are watching online, you've made some major parenting mistakes. Uh, maybe, you got, maybe you got saved later in life, and so you parented th through some unsaved years. And, and, and you're at the place now, I wish I'd have known this 20 years ago, or 10 years ago, or two years ago. And man, I'm just, you're just maybe discouraged. I, first off, I just, I just want you to hear hope today. I want you to hear hope today. Uh, listen, there's no perfect parent. How, how many, just, just by show, how many, your parents made mistakes? Just raise your hand if that's you. Okay, all right. Most everybody, other, everybody else was lying. Okay, so, <laughs> like, your parents have made mistakes. I know my, my mom and dad, my grandmother probably watching this right now. Y'all made mistakes. Okay, just want to <laughs> let y'all know. Y'all were close to perfect, but you did make mistakes. My son's behind that camera. Sorry, son. <laughs> you were my first son. You were, most of my mistakes were made on you. And so, <laughs> isn't that the truth? The first one gets all the mistakes. Then you kind of learn a little bit of the second one. Then the third one is like, oh, we got this. And then everybody's like, that's not fair. Like, sorry, we made them all on you. And, um, but listen, persistence, not per perfection. There's only one perfect father. There's only been one. There's only been one. There's only been one perfect parent. And, and, and I want you to hear me, and I, and I hope this brings encouragement to those in here, specifically those in here that maybe have wayward children. Jesus was perfect, and his kids left him. And not all of them batted 100. We had one that denied him, one that literally um, sold him out, and we've got 10 that went on a run, like, and he was the perfect father. The prodigal son story that Dr. Mark shared last week is the story of a father who was perfect and yet had a son that went wayward and, and yet eventually made his way back. So watch this. You need to be careful judging your harvest too early. Give time. Sometimes it, it may be 20, 30, 40 years down the line before you see the real harvest of all the seeds that were sown. So listen, persistent, not perfection. Persistence means I'm staying the course no matter what comes my way, no matter how difficult it gets, no matter how hard it is. And if you're in a season right now where you have a hard-headed child or you have one that's wayward, it's just, listen, stay the course, stay the course, stay the course, keep praying, keep fighting, keep, keep going after their heart, keep going, keep loving them, keep the doors open. Are y'all with me today? Like, stay persistent. For those that are in here like, I'm just so tired of this. I just feel like it's always discipline. It's always rules. And they, they say they hate me. Hey, listen, no one tells you you're imperfect more than your kids, right? Because it's always their best friend's parents that are always better than you. Is this not true? All right, this is, I, but I, I need you to hear me today. Listen, there's, there's no such thing there. We just need to be persistent, need to be persistent. We've all blown it. We've all made mistakes. We've all said wrong things. That's why we all need Jesus.
And, and listen, I, I, we have this conversation in our house. Oftentimes, I'm apologizing to my kids as much as I'm making them apologize to me. I'm repenting to them as much as I'm making them repent to me. Dad gets an attitude. Dad flies off the handle. Dad needs Jesus. Everybody needs Jesus. So we're gonna be a very grace-filled home because everybody needs Jesus. Everybody makes mistakes. But I, I, wanna, I wanna end today with an encouragement and that is that that there is, there is promises, though, that if, if, if you will just keep that, keep going, keep going, keep loving Jesus, keep going after that that, 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 that there's an opportunity for them to have a turn. And Scripture says it in Psalms 28, but I want to show you a picture first. Uh, throw that picture up there for me. Close it. So this picture right here is a picture of the world's oldest olive tree. Um, Historians believe that this tree is anywhere between 2,500 and 4,000 years old. That's a long time of being a tree. Now, you know, that's, a, that's an old tree. So, I mean, no, that tree got some stories. So, uh, there's something very unique about olive trees, though. If y'all know anything about the story, I mean, Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, which is the, the, the Garden of Olive Trees. Um, uh, this, this tree itself is in Greece, but um, olive trees can be planted in almost any type of terrain, any type of place, any type of environment. For the most part, they can survive almost anything. But when you plant them, um, it takes years and years and years for them actually to develop. Now, the tree will start growing, but they say that sometimes it can be 15, 20, sometimes upwards of 25 years before it actually ever bears olives like actual fruit until 15, 20, 25 years in. How many of y'all know that's kind of like parenting, right? There's a lot of work and you just don't see fruit. And you're like, what in the world? What's going on? But I want to give you a scripture here and I want you to see what the scripture says and compares our children to, because how many know our children are our greatest legacy? That's the greatest legacy that we have. Listen, it doesn't matter if you made millions and millions of dollars. You lost your kids, you got an L. Doesn't matter if you made, made, made it, you know, everybody knows your name and you're, you're high in some kind of position. Like if, if the people who know you the most don't like you the most, you lost. But watch this. If the people who know you the most love you the most and everybody else doesn't love you, it don't matter. How many y'all know that's what matters? And so I want to show you what Psalms 28, 128 says. It says, your children, and I love this. This is a story. This is actually, this was a song or a prayer that a family would pray when they would go to Jerusalem once a year for festivals. And they would pray this and they would sing this out loud as a family. So you can imagine a father or a mother singing this, that your children will be like olive shoots around your table. And yes, this will be the blessing for the man or the woman who fears the Lord. And so today, I, I just, I wanna dedicate today's message to those who are just in the fight. Um, we're gonna get into, in the coming weeks, probably conflict, how to handle conflict in family, discipline, and those kind of things. But I wanna pray those, for those today that are in this house, and you're praying what Joshua said, as for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. We're gonna serve the Lord. And if that's you in this room, I wanna pray for you. Would you just stand, if that's you, and you say, man, I just, I wanna pray that blessing over my family, and I wanna pray that over my home. Um, if that's you, come on, just, just stand up, stand up, stand up. 
You want the blessings of God on your home. And I believe that we've, as a church, come on parents, we've gotta fight to keep our kids involved in church. We gotta fight for the purity. We've gotta fight for their future. We've gotta fight for their hearts. This is a fight. Um, but how many of you are grateful that the Lord is in the fight? The Lord, the Lord goes after our kids. Yet again, the Lord loves our children more than us. And God wants you to win. God wants you to win. And he'll give you all that you need to do it. So would you just lift your hands across this room? And really, if you're online, you can join in with us in this, this moment. And let's just, let's just dedicate. We're gonna dedicate our homes, our marriages, our children, just unto the Lord as we start this series. Father, we, we love you. God, we thank you so much for your grace. Thank you for your grace. God, in this, in this area of our life, it can be so challenging and so difficult. And we so need your grace. Thank you, God, that you cover our mistakes. Thank you, Lord, that you give us a new start and a new day. And Lord, I pray for every parent in here that's, man, just been in a struggle. It's been a battle. But God, I thank you that the battle belongs to the Lord. And so we will fight for our homes. We'll fight for our children. We'll fight for our spouses. Lord, we will fight for these things, believing that the blessings of God come for those who fear the Lord. So we put our trust in you. We put our hope in you. And God, I just pray a blessing. I command a blessing over homes right now. God, I pray where there's been division and disunity, that there would be resolve and healing and unity. God, I pray, Lord, for lost loved ones to come home. God, I pray, Lord, that there would be prodigals that come home. God, help us to have a prodigal love and a prodigal grace, as Dr. Mark said. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just help us to, to, uh, to, to live with intentionality. Lord, that we would live with persistence, but more than anything, that we would know we're stewards of these, of, of these people that we have in our home. So God, help us to be wise stewards of all that you've given us. Lord, we love you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. amen.